0: Lies a fox, Coach it in pop. Give him his props. Here is a thot, here is a box, and you cannot compare them at all. So don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use the take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean Dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa! Fantasy round table, fantasy fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey! Fantasy round table, fantasy fantasy round table. Whoa. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Go!
1: What is going on everybody welcome to another episode of the fantasy football roundtable podcast proud members of the pigskin podcast network you can find them at Pigskin PodNet on twitter or you can search the hashtag tppn as we in every single other podcast that is a part of this network goes live tons of other podcasts baseball thank god they were able to reach a, a labor agreement and we will get baseball i am still a massive baseball fan excited in the in the doldrums of summer when there's nothing going on to just throw on some baseball games and keep myself entertained as always we have got dennis and matt here with us for today's show we're going to talk about all of the crazy nfl trades that have gone on and some of the tags and we have not even technically hit the brand new seat brand new nfl year and uh free agency has not opened yet gentlemen how are we doing on this amazing friday
2: I'm having a fantastic day. I'm watching one of my leagues melt down because of a trade offer. So let me ask
3: you. Yeah, I was going to say you got to give the trade offer now. So
2: it's a 12 team, one quarterback PPR league. Start, I think you start 10 10. Um, DeAndre Swift or Travis Etienne and the 101.
1: Wait, sorry. Um, what was that? I was DeAndre Swift uh-huh.
2: or Travis Etn and the 101.
3: Then, did you say if it was PPR? Why is it's that a PPR bad
2: Why is that a bad trade? Yeah,
3: I mean, I don't know which side I would want, which tells me that it's
1: oh, uh, I know side a pretty I'd good want. trade. I know I mean, a side I'd want, but I think it's a f- fairish trade i think it all depends on i guess realistically what you think of vtn and it's not super flex right
3: no, no. So it's definitely then
1: what you right. think of VTN, what you think of vtn and breeze hall because that's who's going at one one unless whoever takes one right. one is not a smart owner, but
2: right so to me i i look at it and i'm like it seems like a reasonable trade i could see making the argument for one side or the other One guy, it was like, "Well, I'm just trying to get younger. I don't know, you know, with any of the players in there, I don't know how much younger you're getting with Swift, Etn, and Brees Hall. It's like I think they're all within 24 months of each other. So you're not getting a ton younger, regardless. Yeah, just had three people leave the league over it.
3: Wow. Oh my God, because it was it accepted.
2: No, it was. It no, the the guy who. The, the one person thought it was a terrible. So if somebody made the offer. The other person thought it was a laughable, terrible offer. I'm not even sure which side was offered because if I look at it, I don't know which side would be considered laughable. And then, then one person decided to post a poll
3: about it in the chat, and now it's like, jeez,
1: like I don't think these I are can understand
3: March meltdowns in price. Right. Yeah. States.
1: Like I can understand someone thinking it's a bad trade. Again, it all coming on what your opinions are. Like, I am not high on Travis Etienne at all. I know a lot of people high on him either. Yeah. So I mean, like, I I was having a discussion with a bunch of people the other day, because obviously we know James Robinson at least is not coming back till late in the season. So it's likely Travis Etienne's show as of right now. And I talked about like and I think he was actually three for all of us behind Javante. Um and my goodness, why can I not remember the other and running back? Right Najee Harris, Najee Harris. Thank you. But, but I and, will be
3: honest. In a lot of my dynasty rookie drafts, that was the same for us. But Travis Etienne almost always went before Javante Williams, which I think was weird.
1: He did not in most of the leagues that I was in. But like, so I'm just gonna be honest. I literally did that exact same trade in the middle of the season this year, and I was a contender. I lost. Uh, who got hurt? A running back got hurt toward the middle part of the year. I was the three seed. I turned around and I traded um, because I lost Dobbins early in the year. I know I lost Chubb when Chubb got hurt. Right? Chubb got hurt and missed a couple games. Okay. I had lost Dobbins earlier in the year. And so my my running back was Nick Chubb. And I don't even remember who my second running back was. And so I made a move to the DeAndre Swift owner. I was like, hey, look, he was, like, second to last and not even won a game yet. And I was like, hey, getting close to our trade deadline. I was like, are you rebuilding? And he's like, I mean, depends on what you're offering. I was like, I'll give you Travis Etienne into 2022 first for DeAndre Swift right now. And he said, deal. I didn't think twice about it. Like, in my opinion, I was like, I'm giving up. Now, granted, I, I finished third in this league. So, I was like, in my opinion, I was going to give up a back end first. It wasn't 1-1. But still, like... I think Brees Hall is going to be very close to DeAndre Swift at the end of the game. So, yes, the guy taking the obviously it feels like the league's going to fold after this trade offer. But, like, if if the guy oh, they wasn't traffic,
3: even accepted, that's the I, know, I, like, I thought you were going to tell us that the trade went through, but they didn't even agree to a trade and everybody like,
1: left. I could see in like a couple of years how that is like a massive deal for whoever got Etienne and Hall. If Hall ends up being, I th- you know what I bet it is. I bet it's the the combine stuff, and now everybody's rating Brees is like, well, there's a lot of people talking about it as a top five running back. So like you're looking at it as okay, you're getting a, it's a top five, top five, top five switch, right? Because I have Swift in my top five, so it's like, oh, you're getting Brees Hall and DeAndre Swift. That's a, that's a fair swap, but then you're getting Travis Etienne, and if people have him rated as a top twelve running back, then that's where people are having an issue with it. I don't think that's where Travis Etienne is going to be, even with the volume. I just don't think Etienne's going to be that good. He's overrated as a receiving back, in my opinion, as well. So I just... That's interesting, I guess. That's what I guess makes fantasy football so much fun because there's so many people who just have such different variations. But to, like, see a trade, like... I've seen some shitty trades go down sometimes and, some and like, massive blow-ups in our leagues, but never people be like, I'm quitting over a trade-off. Or, like, I've seen guys get upset because they offered that trade and a bunch of us thought it was unfair and we made a big deal about it in the chat but at the end of the day like nobody left over that's just kind of interesting i guess yeah it's i mean it's
2: it's so it's the league that was the kid first league so we lost a we lost a guy because his child isn't interested anymore he left at the end of the season and one of the other guys was like, well, my kid's basically running the team anyways, so I'll just take over that orphan and he can keep running this team. It's like no big deal. He's, he's probably one of the older kids in the league. So two of the three people that left were a father and son. Uh, it's, I don't know. Again, you know, and somebody's like, well, we probably don't want to call trades out like that in the chat if we're trying to teach our kids how to play dynasty and but uh, you know that makes a lot of
3: the league with kids
2: well a lot and most of us don't really know each other and so it's like you don't know like we're like i did not manage the team for cole i reminded him hey you need to do this you need to do that what do you want to do here here are your options of who you have to start things like that but i don't you know i don't know what other parents were doing it that way also versus Oh, my kid just lost interest. And so I'm just going to manage this team uh, myself. So I don't know. It's, it's kind of silly. We'll see what happens if the league makes it or not. It's a free league and I'm not terribly motivated in free leagues anyways.
3: That might be the most compelling trade uh, discussion in the entire NFL week. Mm -hmm.
1: The dream that uh. never was. I, I I don't know about that. We're, we're about to get to some very interesting things. I'm very curious to hear what your guys' thoughts are.
3: You had me at Commanders.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a crazy week, so let's dive into it. We'll, we'll just start right there because you, you mentioned it. The Carson Wentz trade, you know, we talked a lot about this last week. Or no, on Monday, wasn't it? It was Monday. Yeah, so
3: Monday, it was Monday.
1: <laughs> where we thought these guys would go. And I feel like we all talked about Carson Wentz likely was going to go somewhere to be a backup. Because the Colts already seem so set on cutting him, and in my opinion, I just didn't understand why any team would then at that point trade for him if he's going to get cut. Well, Washington heard us and said said, hold my beer. Hold my beer. Yeah. They go they went ahead and made the trade. Went a 2022 second, a 2022 seventh a 2022 second, 2022 third and conditional 2022. That's one of the seconds is a conditional, right? To a 2022 third.
3: No, So basically Wentz, the Colts second and the Colts seventh for Washington second, Washington's third and a 2023 conditional third, where it could become a second. If Wentz plays more than 70% of the snaps, which is what bit the Colts with losing a first round pick uh, with Wentz and that Eagles trade. So, um, the biggest probably thing for the Colts is the Washington commanders agreed to eat Wentz's entire salary.
1: Yeah, so I mean, that definitely opens up space there for Indy. We will get to them in a second. Let's start with his new team. I don't, I'll let you guys go first, Matt. Like what, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, they still have Heineke there, obviously, mm-hmm. and they do have some weapons around them. Like, I think it might honestly be fair to say it's a little bit better on the offensive side of the ball, skill position-wise, than or equal to Indy. I guess it depends on what you see of the comparison of Terry McLaurin to Pittman, because Taylor is obviously heads above Antonio Gibson, but like, if you bring, in my opinion, Terry McLaurin is heads above Michael Pittman, so they may be kind of even each other out. But what are your thoughts on when it's going to the Commanders?
3: Yeah, it's kind of fascinating. You and I had talked about whether Heineke was going to get a shot and in the middle of the season I kind of thought he played well enough, but toward the end of the season, uh he we thought we kind of felt like he played himself out of it. You can almost say the same thing about Carson Wentz to the point where I'm not entirely convinced that Carson Wentz is an upgrade over Taylor Heineke, which is fascinating. I mentioned uh before we we went on air There's also been a lot of people that think Washington's going to use the number 11 pick to go get a quarterback, which then makes zero sense to me. I think probably the only way this makes sense is they have Wentz who's going to nominally be the starter or it's going to end up being Heineke and they need to use their draft picks to build up the position. And then maybe if it doesn't work out, you look at the 2023 class, which might be a little bit better. This feels like a stopgap solution. Um, We'll talk about the Russell Wilson trade in a minute, but though commanders it came out made a strong deal a strong offer for wilson and he would not waive his no trade clause for them the eagles also made an offer for wilson he would not waive his no trade clause for them so that kind of gives you a sense that after rogers went back to green bay and wilson told them no they probably started to panic a little bit which is is what it is for the fantasy weapons to me it's it's fantasy neutral for terry mclaurin and um, Antonio Gibson, I don't think getting Wentz really helps or hurts them. It will be interesting to see, as you said, Washington, if Curtis Samuel can come back healthy, they really not saw nothing from him last year. If Logan Thomas can come back healthy, you know, maybe they add another piece in free agency or the draft. They could have better weapons because the Colts were kind of down to Michael Pittman, Jonathan Taylor, and Hope.
2: Yeah, I, I actually think it's an upgrade over Heineke. I I think while Wentz gets A lot of shit he's probably a league average or slightly above league average quarterback um and heineke is not so it's an upgrade there i think it's it's probably i i'll 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 accept neutral for mclaurin from you uh i feel like it might be a little bit better i think it's a big boost for logan thomas i think he's gonna get uh, a nice little bump and probably the passing game for the running backs is going to be, uh, is who's going to lose those targets that go to the tight end. The second wide receiver, we still have to see what's going to happen, who it's going to be. We don't really know. We think it might be Samuel. It could be Diami Brown. Uh, it could be DeAndre Carter for all we know. But by and large, I think when you look across the quarterback landscape, um, Wentz was the best one left out there. I mean, if you draft, like, uh, let's talk rookies. Are you going to start Kenny Pickett over him and expect to win? And expect to win?
3: I mean, does Washington expect to win? <laughs> I, think, <laughs> that's I think
2: they do. I think they do. I think they expect their, def- their defense to bounce back and their offense to be fairly decent. Are you going to start Malik Willis over him and expect to win? No. I mean, if, if I'm being
1: honest, I think there's at least three of the rookies I would take over Carson Wentz. Malik is right. no Malik, but do no, you I expect him
2: say- to win more games if they do?
1: Yes, you're wrong, uh,
2: I flat out wrong. Wentz is a better Wentz is better. That. Wentz is better two years from now, three years from now, once the <sighs> quarterbacks have had time to acclimate, um, learn the offense. I you're probably right, but this year. No, Wentz is the better quarterback. I mean, do you, let's talk about free agents. You want Trubisky or Wentz?
3: Trubisky, actually.
2: I mean, I can see making the case there. You want Mariota or Wentz? I think...
1: So, my issue with Wentz is... And, and he actually had a better season than I thought. We talked about this a little bit on Canton Bound last night. Like, I thought he was a lot worse than what he was. He, he finished fourteen. And fantasy points last season, twenty-seven touchdowns, seven interceptions. He he plays too much hero ball. And what 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 caught what hurt him last year? Holding on to the ball and and not making the play when he was supposed to. Well, I could be wrong here. One of you guys can correct me. Indy's line is a whole lot better than Washington's. And, and I, they lost Eric Fisher. That. Their center situation isn't great. I mean.
3: I get it. But they have the money to go patch that over. I think what he's saying is Indy's line last year was better than what Washington has. Washington doesn't have a ton of cap room, and they still have plenty of work. That's why I think it would be foolhardy for Washington if they've made this trade to waste pick 11 on taking a quarterback. They have too many other needs if they want that defense to bounce back, if they want to make the most of their offense.
2: But Washington is in a win-win situation with this. They didn't give up a lot of draft capital, a couple thirds, a second, and they got Wentz. And the reason they didn't give up much draft capital is because they ate his salary. So that's going to be able to come off the books here soon. So they're not going to be in that situation. So if Wentz sucks and they lose a bunch of games, then they have high picks next year.
3: Well, and not, really, they only gave up – Two thirds, because with the yeah. second rounders, all they did was drop back five five spots.
1: Right. Yeah, so, I'm not saying it's to
3: me. I think it's a smart move based on
2: the, the the quarterback landscape.
1: I'm not saying it's a bad trade, but I'm not betting on Wentz to help me win a Super Bowl. I, I feel like we are betting, and I feel like I said this on Monday too. We've We've kind of built up this lore around Carson Wentz as this great quarterback off of one season that he didn't finish and was in the MVP discussion. Outside of that, he's been okay. He's not been that good.
2: He's been okay, and people know that. Why do you think they're all shitting on him? Because they they don't think he's even been okay. But he's been okay. I mean – I would have rather had Wentz last year in Denver than Teddy
1: Bridgewater and Drew Locke.
3: Mm, I don't think there's a big difference between Wentz and yeah, Bridgewater to be honest. be honest.
1: Neither do I. I don't know that Denver. Denver maybe gets one more win out of that. Like that's the thing. Like I don't want to go like win expectancy because of uh, uh, like baseball does that a lot. Like I don't know that Carson Wentz. Like if you had the over under of eight wins or nine wins for Washington this year, like okay maybe he pushes you to nine or ten. Like, Carson Wentz is not bringing you a Super Bowl. He's just not. I'm sorry. Like, I get it if that's what they're trying to do is just win. You know, the division, I guess, is open, depending on what you think of Dallas and Philly. But Carson Wentz is not a game-changing quarterback. Like, my argument for them is the only quarterback I don't only think. There's like,
2: five or six game-changing quarterbacks in the entire league
3: and you Washington it, moved for two of them and couldn't get it. it I think he was their you can't consolation. You base
2: everything guys. on a game-changing quarterback. I'm not changing they, if you'd they, let me not. finish
1: talking instead of interrupting me. I would I would I finally get I trying to get my point. Sometimes. Carson Wentz is not going to do that much for them. I don't think it's a great move. My point on the quarterbacks thing is now what Matt just mentioned, like If they take a quarterback at whatever they, because you guys said they dropped back five picks, eleven, so they
3: still have one eleven.
1: If they still, if they take a quarterback now, it to me, it, it, you just wasted another pick. You're wasting your resources. It it shows exactly what Washington has been doing, in my opinion. You're betting on Carson Wentz, which I'm not not disagreeing with you. Well
2: run organization, I give you that.
1: I'm not at all saying that this was a bad trade because you're right. They didn't give up anything. If they had the cap room to take on his contract, what they clearly did, like it's not a bad move. I don't even think what Indy did last year was a bad move, even though they lost a first round pick out of it. They moved on and they're moving on with their future. But if you just brought in Carson Wentz and we just talked about, they have many other, this is not, um, this is not Indy. Indy's biggest hole is quarterback. Washington has a ton of holes on that team. If they now have to take a quarterback at 11 while also bringing in Carson Wentz, they're just misusing all of their resources. Like, I just, I do not think it's a good move on their part. There's so many other things I think they could have done. I don't think Carson, when I say game changer, I understand he's not, um, I was going to call him Malik Willis. Uh, He is not Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. We've seen that you don't have to have just those guys to win a Super Bowl. What I'm saying is, like, he's not even in that next tier that's, like, viable to get you to the Super Bowl. He's just not, in my opinion. I hope that they prove me wrong. I don't think Carson Wentz is going to do anything. I think he actually hurts Antonio Gibson's value. We'll see about Logan Thomas because he he tore his ACL like what was it midseason, so I don't know exactly when he'll be coming I think back. It was but October. like I think it's it's probably an even for even as you guys mentioned with ter- for Terry McLaurin dynasty value wise because Carson Wentz throws probably just as many YOLO balls up to those wide receivers as his Heineke does. Maybe he's just a little bit more accurate so so McLaurin might put up some better stats but like he oh. didn't check down that much god
3: worse than that if Logan Thomas tore his ACL in December
1: yeah so I don't think he'll be back they, I know they got bait too. apparently they really like so maybe we see Logan Thomas mm. like mid-season it probably starts off on pup but I just for fantasy I I don't know I don't think it's that great a move mostly because of that offensive line as well like We've seen when Wentz has to hurry up, hurry up whether it's reading defenses or try and move and make a quick decision, he fails at that. And
2: that's where so, I think it's going to hurt him. So are any quarterbacks in this class day one starters?
1: Desmond Ritter and Sa- Sam Howe I think could start day one. And Matt, actually, Matt Corral as well. Depending on the team, Matt Corral I'm a little bit more worried about because he ran such an RPO heavy offense in college.
2: They're the mm-hmm. only
1: three that I, I can make like- to start
2: day one. By and large, this quarterback class needs to sit for a year. If Washington drafts one of them, they can plop them on the bench behind Wentz, be done with Wentz at zero cap hit after this year, and you've got your quarterback that you put through the Mahomes process. Not that anybody in this class is going to be Mahomes,
1: Right. And, and so I'll say something else, not that anybody in this class is going to be Justin Herbert, but that's all anybody said about Justin Herbert a couple seasons ago. And look what he did for the chargers. Like,
3: you know what I was going to say too, for Washington, wouldn't it make more sense that i 100 percent agree with you about carson Wentz. if it doesn't work out you can move on from an easy wouldn't it make more sense for them to start building up as matt said they have plenty of other issues you use that pick 11 you use some of these other picks to get some quality players and if wentz isn't the guy then you assess what your options are next year and move on maybe that's when you get a better shot at a quarterback
1: in a draft so that this is my thing, you're 100 percent right, Kyle. He did well. He has actually not gotten a team to the playoffs. I mean, he technically did get Philly to the two close, but then he was not able to finish it because That's what he got, said. He but got a But to the playoffs, no, I Nick will Foles had that. to
3: win those last three games to secure their
1: seat. Exactly, and and my other thing with that is you're right. He almost got Indy in the end, but it's that key word right before there almost there's a lot of quarterbacks who almost get their, their teams to the playoffs. Baker Mayfield almost got the Browns to an AFC championship. We're not talking about him being a great quarterback anymore. Like I just think we, we were, we need to move on past once Cause we almost spent 30 minutes now talking about him, yeah. but it, it's, I just think I'm not saying this is a bad trade. That's my point. I just don't think Carson Wentz is going to do anything for like, I don't think he changes anything for Washington. I think there's still a middle tier they're still a middle tier organization. That's exactly where they're going to stay. This doesn't raise them or lower them, in my opinion.
3: But before we jump off this trade, I do think it's worth looking at the Indianapolis side because you know they have sixty nine million in cap space. They still have no first round pick, as we just talked about. It's not a quarterback rich draft. I would have agreed with you last year. They were like a quarterback away from competing, but as Dennis pointed out, they've lost a few people on the offensive line. They've lost a few people in other places outside of Pittman. I don't think they have much in a receiving core because we have really not seen, as much as I liked Paris Campbell as a prospect, we haven't seen him do much. Zach Pascal kind of is what he is. What do we think Indianapolis realistically does? I, I saw... Some reports that they think they're going to go hard after Jimmy G. My question would be, what is Jimmy G a demonstrable upgrade from Carson Wentz? I liked what Jimmy G did on a team that basically was a quarterback away and needed to move. I mean, the Colts have still some draft capital. They still have some money, but... I- I don't understand totally what their plan is. I was one of those that thought Wentz would end up staying because they had no really other options. They only have Sam Ellinger and James Morgan on the roster right now, quarterback.
2: Yeah, I I think they have – it's going to be a tough year, I think, if they can't make uh, a move, Um, in part because they don't have – I don't think they have the capital to trade to get Deshaun Watson – who now is really the guy out there? Um, if Watson goes to Carolina, let's say, and Sam Darnold has shown the door, you know, I don't think he's an upgrade anywhere. He he slots in with the rest of the available quarterbacks here, and that either hasn't shown anything because they're rookies, or has shown stuff, and well, there, there's a reason they're free agents. Um, you know, maybe they maybe. Jimmy G is it because they can put him in a ball control offense and run the ball with Jonathan Taylor. So maybe that is the way for them to go.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that that's, again, what makes this interesting is there's a lot of talk, obviously, like, Matt, you just mentioned about them going after Jimmy G. I think that they're going to try and grab a quarterback in the second round. I think getting that second-round pick back this year, you know, their best – Bet is probably Ritter, I think, is probably the one there. And I actually think could fit this offensive scheme very well because they're not going to ask him to do much. And I think when when Cincinnati asks him to do a little bit too much is where he gets himself in trouble. But they are going to have to bring somebody in because if you're betting on getting Ritter in the draft and you don't, then you're relying on Sam Ellinger or Jacob Eason. And then I think you're in a much worse situation than in you Oh, I see. I didn't even realize So then you're relying Eason on Sam Ellinger. Eason and Drew
3: Locke are now the quarterbacks for the Seattle Well,
1: hey, good for Eason. He got to go back home. But I um, I don't – then you're betting solely on Sam Ellinger if you're not able to get rid of in the draft. So it's – that that's the interesting thing for me on Indy is the fact that they did that so quickly. And, of course, all the rumors are that it was more of Jim Irsay than anything else. Jim Irsay was upset with the way he crumbled in that Jaguars game and cost him a playoff spot. And and really kind of forced his hand there to get Carson Wentz out of there. So we'll we'll see what happens. Um, you know, and I don't, I don't know that him. Jimmy. I think the biggest step up Jimmy G is over Carson Wentz is he doesn't turn the ball over as much. That's really the only thing I think he does better than Wentz.
2: Well, what do you think? There's been mixed messages coming out of Indianapolis. That I've seen that Frank Reich has apologized for vouching for Carson Wentz, and I've seen that. Um, Ballard is it Ballard the GM there? Mm-hmm. Ballard yeah, and kind of like Reich it. wanted to keep Wentz and uh Ursae overruled him and said F that guy.
1: I, I think it was more Ursay based. Like Ballard criticized Wentz earlier this offseason, but he never said anything like way way oh is one season, Kyle. Like I'm talking about overall. I, I I understand if if you think Wentz is gonna be good. I don't know if you're um If you're a Washington Commanders fan, and and you're that's why, but I see gave if he gave him weapons in Philly. I mean, I feel like people make those arguments for a lot of quarterbacks, and it never works out. Like at some point, you got to raise level of all ships. That that's just kind of the way I look at quarterbacks. I could be wrong. Usually, I am. So, but with um, I think Urse more because he seemed to have more like disdain toward the Colts not making the playoffs. Like that's. Mm -hmm. Kind of where I think it ended up going.
3: I doubt Reich would have wanted to dump a quarterback with no plan. Uh, It's just, you know, maybe Reich was disappointed with how they they finished. It's also, not to totally justify, because I I said I'm not a huge believer that Carson Wentz is the guy, but he was injured preseason got injured during the season. He did play all 17 games. It's hard to know how much that broken foot in training camp, because there was a lot of questions about whether he was going to miss the first month of the season, but he definitely missed all the time that you would have to build rapport with your offense and to learn the scheme. And they had a incredibly brutal opening schedule that put them in such a hole early. It is fair to wonder if he was really given a chance to succeed there, but Matt's right that that final game against the Jaguars, it was inconceivable to me that they were going to lose. I agree that game. I mean, so,
2: but there's there's a reason you play the games. I mean, sometimes some teams just step up. You know, they made a whole entire movie about it. You know, any given Sunday, it's it's just the you know the act. That's the axiom. Mm-hmm. I like. I'd like to move. I, I'm curious about what's happening in Indy because as, as we saw the commanders were like, Oh, we got a plan. We're going to try to get, uh, we're going to go for Rogers. We're going to go for Wilson. And neither one of those things worked out. And then they traded for Wentz. Now what's Indianapolis, you know, I, it'll be, I'm fascinated to see what they're, I mean, we keep hearing how they love Ellinger, but Ellinger can't stay healthy. <laughs>
3: Well, we'll move on from the team that uh, couldn't get Wilson to the team that did uh, probably the biggest trade of the week. And I I say that not only as somebody who's proudly wearing the colors, but uh, uh, probably just uh, given the fact of all that was involved was Russell Wilson uh, was traded from the Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson and a 22 fourth went to the Denver Broncos for Drew Locke. Uh, defensive tackle Shelby Harris, tight end Noah Fant, the 109, the a 22 second, a 22 fifth, and a first and second in the 2023 draft. Uh, it was quite a blockbuster move. I'm going to be honest. I might have been um, the most shocked person here. I was, uh, I was taking a small respite at work when I decided to check Twitter and saw that notification. People probably thought I have a hemorrhoid. Um, because of the screaming, <laughs> but hey, you know you take that kind of good news wherever it comes. Uh, so now it came there. Holy it cow! There. <laughs> so uh, I guess. For me, I was pretty excited uh, from a fan standpoint. I still want to see what Denver's going to do. They have about 26 million in cap space left. They still actually have a lot of picks. Um, they still have a, a second round pick this year, two thirds, two fourths, a fifth, a sixth, and two sevenths. Um, so I'm curious to see what they're going to do. But I was excited for uh, not quite as excited as Jerry Judy, but I was definitely excited. I'm excited for Judy and Sutton. I'm incredibly thrilled for my patience with Albert Oak. Albert O. I'm just gonna settle for Albert O, who I have had as a dynasty stash for three years at the end of my bench and is now Denver's starter.
2: Yeah I, I think it's a great move for Denver and it's you know wheels up for that offense with, with Russ. They're you know it's amazing after watching what the Rams did it seems like teams now are really more they're more willing to push all their chips into the middle of the table and say, look, we're going for it this year and we'll see how next year works out. and if shit don't work out, then we'll just we'll, you know we we'll, we'll do what we can. Uh, I've got a dynasty team like that where I don't have any virtually any draft picks, a 16 teamer. I've got a pretty good starting lineup and, and I'm like, you know, I am either going to have to tear this down and completely rebuild. But before I do that, I'm just going to try to ride out one more year. Just going to ride out one more year, see how the brakes fall.
3: Now, I know Matt, you, uh, you uh, gave us a heads up that you're not quite as bullish.
1: It's not that I don't love the trade. I do. But I think of what Dennis just said is kind of the way I see Denver doing this. And I, I, I equated it to what they did with Peyton Manning a couple of years ago. Like, I'm not trying to say Russell Wilson's about to fall off a cliff, but he is going to be, I think, 34 this year. Yeah, he's 33. Yeah, so he was a little bit older coming into the NFL. Now, he definitely has the arm to be a more of a pocket quarterback, but as of late, the past couple years, he's had to use his legs, at least to buy time because Seattle has a bad offensive line. Denver's, I do think, is better. They didn't give up a ton when it comes to (laughs) – players already on the team right like no it sucks seeing Noah Fant go but it makes sense in my opinion because if you look at what Nathaniel Hackett did and all of his offenses the tight ends outside of I think it was like half a season with what's his name in Green Bay that everybody fell in love with Tanyan. I do not remember Tunyon. uh you know he was really kind of the only one that thrived at the tight end position in, in, in Hackett's offense I just think I, I, they're going all in because I think they have a Super Bowl window now, and that's why I like it. But I don't know that Russell Wilson's going to be their quarterback for like the next five years, if that makes sense. Because like I, I think we look at what Brady and Rodgers have done the past couple of years, and I'm like, oh well, these guys are playing until forty. We saw how bad that drop off was for Big Ben, right? Like, it, and it came quick. It wasn't something. He was like slowly, gradually coming down. Like he was good, 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 and then fell. Maybe it was because of the Tommy John in the arm said I'm a massive baseball guy as well. So I know how much that can affect people. But I feel like Russell Wilson coming to Denver, like they're going all in on like a we've got a two, maybe three year window to win a Super Bowl. Let's go for it. And I love that he did I love that they did that. I think that's a great move, but I don't know that he's like a Franchise changing quarterback, if that makes sense. Like, I don't think he's going to be there for five plus years. I think that this is a like two to three year window.
3: They are working on a um, supposedly a long term extension. Uh, what I saw here that they that will be four or five years. So apparently, they see it a little bit differently. I I don't know. I was I was always shocked at how long Manning stayed. He was yeah. elite for a couple of years, but I'm going to be honest that. It was more than just his last season where I had questions. I love, I'll always love Peyton for what he did for us. But um, you're right. It's hard to know too with Wilson how much of last year was the finger. It did seem like he closed the season really strong, which is maybe an indication that once he got healthy, it was a little bit better. But it can't be any worse than the purgatory we've had for the last six years. I mean, when you have a checkered history of Brock Osweiler, Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch, I mean, I'm going to roll the dice with Russ.
1: That's why I'm not saying it's a bad trade. Like, I I get it, but I I feel like, and and I'm not saying that you did, but I saw a lot of people saying, like, oh, here we go. Like, this is going to make the AFC... West, like, a great division for, like, the next seven, eight years. Like, I wouldn't go that far. Like, I think this is going to be a lot of fun for the next at least probably three years. Let's see what happens after that. Like, I want to see – because my biggest fear with Russ, and Felix Sharp and I were talking about this a little bit last night with Austin and Colin, like Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, like, they have the size and I think the ability to – slowly develop into passing quarterbacks. Like we saw a Donovan McNabb do in Philly. Like he used his legs a lot when he was younger. And then as he got older, learned more and more to play from the pocket as did a Michael Vick, you know, Michael Vick, when he was in Atlanta, it was almost a completely different quarterback than what we saw at Philly at times. Wilson's size scares me a little bit because I think him having the legs and being able to move around and find those holes because he's like it's something that Baker Mayfield has to do. It's why they get him out of the pocket so much, right? To create those throwing holes because he's a little bit shorter than those quarterbacks. Like, that's what worries me. I don't know that he's ever going to be like this perfect pocket passer. I think he's the best deep ball thrower in the league. I think this is wheels up for Cortland Sutton, but I don't know if like I'm massively thrilled for more than like three or four years. Well, I got, I got a question for you guys on that thing, because a lot of people are, I think they're unfairly comparing Jerry Judy to Tyler Lockett because they're both smaller wide receivers. And, Matt, you can correct me if I'm wrong. You're the Denver Broncos guy. I know you watch every single snap. I feel like they've always used Sutton more as the deep field threat than Judy. So I feel like if anybody's going to play the Lockett role, it's going to end up being Sutton, not Judy. Like, I feel Judy is more of the intermediate guy.
3: That's definitely the the way that they've done it is uh, Sutton and Tim Patrick ha- have been the bombers and they are uh, KJ Hamler should be back. I mean, that was one of the reasons they went and got a player like him. Jerry Judy's been more of the crossing route possession receiver, um, which, you know, if you were talking about locket from the, the guy who's catching a hundred balls a year, that could end up being Judy. I, as I hope this motivates Judy. Um, some of my, qualms with watching him play has been sometimes I feel like he's been checked out and maybe he wasn't too pleased with the quarterback situation he seemed to have a real bad vibe with Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer last year they weren't even putting him on the field when he came back last year and and I don't know what all that was about it would be nice to see him bounce back. I He's the one I moved up the most in my dynasty rankings after the trade because I feel like he's going to be kind of that possession receiver and they're going to use Sutton and Patrick on the outsides. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree
2: more. I, I think that it's a situation where I'm trying to remember what team I saw it on, but like Judy – probably going to track for a hundred catches and a thousand, maybe 1,100 yards. Sutton's probably going to be in the um, you know, 75 catch, 1300 yard range. Um, the real conundrum there is what happens with Hamler and um, Patrick because they've both shown themselves when they're on the field to be really productive. They have good contracts. they you know one's on a rookie contract, one just signed an extension. And then you end up with with uh, uh, Javante Williams and Albert O. I mean, it's set up to be a very, very productive offense this year, um, in a very in a division where you have to score points.
3: Just know, George Patton. For as much as you're getting praise right now, you signed Melvin Gordon. You're dead to me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that uh, I tweeted it out the other day. Like that's. Um... One of the things I'm most excited about with the AFC West is I know they don't like directly compete against each other, but four matchups a year of Russell Wilson against Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert, like sign me up. That's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch.
3: Plus the NFC West and the AFC West play each other this year. So he's going to play Seattle again. He's going to play the Rams again. He's going to play the Cardinals
1: again. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right. Next up, Khalil Mack, probably, um, I'm very interested to hear what your guys' thoughts are on this. Dennis, I'll throw it to you first. I mean, he goes from Chicago to the Chargers for a second and a third. I kind of feel like the Bears may be throwing in the towel a little too quick on Mac, but what do you think?
2: Well, you know, at some point you have to make a decision. How does your, uh, you know, what can you get a return on? We see it in dynasty leagues all the time you're a middle of the pack team. You need to rebuild. You have to get assets from somewhere. You have a good player. Uh, well, I think Mac is clearly past his peak. He's still a productive player and going into uh, Los Angeles and lining up across from Bosa is going to definitely be helpful to him. Um, it, it's just a situation where to me, the Bears are doing. Uh, they are rebuilding. They're coming out of the Nagy years. Uh, I think aren't they changing defensive fronts too? Isn't there?
3: I think so because Eberflus does something different.
2: Yeah, they're changing entire guy. schemes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're going from a three-four to a four-three. Yeah. So, you know, and Mac, uh, you know, he doesn't fit that quite as well. So, he'll end up. He goes to a situation that suits his skill set. The Bears got a decent return. I can't, you, you know, I can't really bash it. I mean, they gave up what two firsts in a second or something like that in what three years ago. So then,
3: I think they gave up three firsts. Yeah, if I recall. yeah. Sometimes
2: it was, it, it was. was. It was uh, they gave up a lot for him, but at some point, you know, the utility ha- has waned enough that you're you just want to to start to build especially if somebody doesn't fit your scheme um i mean why why keep hanging out and and keeping them around if they're they're not really going to fit your scheme and he's what he's 30 31 years old now 29
3: maybe he's getting he's getting a little older so just to correct the compensation they get a second round pick this year and a sixth round pick next year which is even less
2: owners they're gathering up 20 well
3: so i'm going to say for the chargers it makes sense that they're getting a good pass rushing piece you know their defense obviously let them down a little bit you know if you're talking about carson wentz didn't help the colts in a must-win game that defense did not help the chargers in a must-win game where many of us thought that they could have beaten the Raiders and maybe were a better team than the Raiders that defense just couldn't hold them down at all so it makes sense lining him up across Bosa has got to be very appealing Khalil Mack was his most dominant when he was there with the Raiders in the AFC West we never really saw it in Chicago what scares me on the Chicago side is all the talk right now is Chicago is setting themselves up to have 121 million of cap space next offseason And as someone who had high hopes for Justin Fields and would like to see him develop, it kind of scares me that the Bears are looking at 2022 as a punt year, which means that you would have kind of squandered the first two years of Fields. And what does that mean? And at that point in time, are they looking to make all kinds of changes? So from that standpoint, I agree with you. I think the Bears are just starting to clear out and looking not even toward this offseason but toward next offseason and that's kind of a bummer for my field shares.
1: Well yeah
3: I, I don't
2: I, you know though they're gonna be playing from behind this year. And so it's gonna be good for fantasy owners because Fields will have to run. He'll throw they're gonna have to they're gonna play catch up. You know, we saw what Blake Bortles did with his you know early career uh playing from behind. So Fields is going to have that opportunity. They have to rebuild. It is it. I mean, there's no replacement for experience. So Fields is going to get a year to work in this offense. Then next year, they're, they're going to be in a position to bring in top tier talent at virtually every position around him and surround him with the best offensive line with a good defense. You know Montgomery. I don't know if he'll still be uh, there, but you know who knows with Khalil Herbert. He looked good last year, so they're going to have opportunities to uh, to do that, and they, and they should be finally having some first round draft picks back.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's a great move for the Chargers. I'll, I'll, I know that they're switching schemes on the defense, so maybe that's why the the Bears are willing to to get out from him. I feel like he could have gotten more. I know he had a down year last year, but I have a feeling he's going to go to the Chargers and absolutely smash. Brandon Staley knows him. He was in Chicago. He was actually, I believe, one of the linebacker coaches. It was either that first year or the second season that Khalil Mack was there, so he's got the connection with him. And Matt, as you mentioned, putting him across from Bosa, that makes that defensive line really scary. So I think it's a great move for them. Uh, we do have a question on here from Little Boxes on Twitch. Um, and, and before I read the question, I want to preface it. We, uh, so Deshaun Watson will have no criminal charges pressed against him. That was released earlier today. Seems like the grand jury, from what I was just looking at from Pro Football Talk, wanted to talk to um, a witness that either didn't show up or did not talk to them, so they did not indict him. He's getting no criminal charges pressed against him. So that means that he's likely going to play. Now, one thing we do have to remind everybody, the NFL does not have to have criminal charges to suspend you because of their, I forgot what the, uh, code of conduct policy. So they can still suspend him, but I would think even if they do, you're looking at a max of eight games. I don't think he'll be suspended for a year because they will negotiate it. It'll get knocked down because again, no criminal charges and, and, We've seen, if we're just being honest here, a lot of these guys get the harsher penalties because there's video. As far as we know, there's no kind of video evidence of anything with with Deshaun Watson, thankfully. Or, I mean, I guess not. I don't know how to put that because you you want if he did what was said, you want him to be persecuted for that. But I don't know that I want to see a video of any of that stuff. Is what I meant. So, uh, but he likely is going to play at least at some point in time this year. So the big question is, will Houston trade for him? And little boxes ask, what should I trade Watson for in a dynasty league? I heard someone talking about Dynasty earlier. I am not trading him now. Watson was one of the best quarterbacks in dynasty in dynasty leagues in football and fantasy when he was on the field. He's not going to be in Houston. He's likely going to get traded. And I'm honestly not, I'm going to not gonna lie. The newest team that has popped up in the trade stakes for Watson, I'm not thrilled about, and that's the Cleveland Browns. I well I,
2: I I'm torn because talent-wise I completely love it for the Cleveland Browns. Scheme fit, I don't it, it, we know Stefanski is a, you know, two-tight end run the ball coach, so what do you need Deshaun Watson for and you're going to have to give up a ton of capital to get him. Um you know, from the off the field stuff, it's just not stuff I want to work, have to deal with. But hell, we went out and got uh, Kareem Hunt after his incident. So if I'm trading him, I'm probably going to start it at two first and, you know, a player, I think, that's going to provide me some utility. Um, I'm So people probably aren't going to trade him for that. But I, I'd, like to, I'd like two firsts and a starter.
3: So I traded for Watson last year and ended up um, eating it, but I was in a super flex league where I, I thought it was competitive, and I ended up getting him for two firsts. Um, you, you might get that. I would say if I had him right now, I would not trade right now. I want to wait a couple of months because it seems like the trade market for Deshaun Watson is really going to heat up. And I, while you could probably get a decent amount right now, you might be able to get a lot more in a couple of months when his destination is known and we know where he is actually going to play because I'm still not completely ruling out that he ends up staying in Houston and having to play there. And while he's a decent player, Talent. I don't know what they have around him. Uh,
2: I yeah. Mean, let, I mean, let, let me get. Let me pay some bills before we finish answering this question. We've gotten so wrapped up in our uh, uh, our stuff that it's uh, our, our enthralling conversation. So we'll pay some bills. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill, good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at big at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TPPN and bet just $1 on any NBA team to get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 and older. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See draftkings.com/sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Voidware prohibited. Minnesota, minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee red line 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat. In New York... Call 877-8 Hope New York or text Hope New York.
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm with little boxes here. Like I'm and what Matt said, I'm holding him. Like there's no point in moving him now. I still think he's at his lowest point of value. Because even if he doesn't get traded, if he stays in Houston, we've seen him with just as little talent around him in Houston take that team to the playoffs and still be a fantasy starter. So I I think realistically he's going to go right back to being at least a top five quarterback. I I mean I'm not putting him over. Shoot, I mean I think Herbert's probably close because Herbert doesn't do as as much rushing. But I mean I'm not putting him over Mahomes or Allen. But then I and I think you could he's right there in the conversation with Lamar Burrow, Herbert Murray is like the next grouping uh, to be in that four five range. So I I'm I'm holding I forgot in.
3: Russell Wilson.
1: Uh, Russell Wilson safely top ten. I don't know if he's top five. <laughs> you. you know what? The one thing with Russ, I hate to jump back to that, is the year that Pete Carroll let him cook that first half of the season. I think he was like QB one or two for that whole hat first half until they went back to running the ball more. So,
2: well, I think part of it comes down to also like what's your team situation. If if uh, I've got two studs plus Deshaun Watson then maybe it makes sense to move.
3: Him. Yeah, you're going to enjoy that Superflex league where I took a shot on uh, Watson if he plays this year. My five quarterbacks on that team are Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, Deshaun Watson. Am I in that league with you? Unfortunately, you're not. I wish oh, I was. Right. I've, I wish I could compile that kind of a <laughs> roster in the league with <laughs> you. Okay. All right. well, I don't know so... how
1: that happened. But, we yeah, it, we kind of oh god. I was just say, if you're rebuilding
2: it, maybe it makes sense to move him, get a bunch of draft capital. If you're contending and you've still got a really good pair of starting quarterbacks, it makes sense to maybe move him for pieces that are gonna allow you to uh to win. I mean, it's great to it's it's great to be theoretical, but we wanna win. So
1: it it, it all comes down to winning. So we went obviously very long on the Russell Wilson and Carson Wentz talk here. So we're going to kind of speed through a lot of these other deals that happened. Mike Williams back to the chargers three years, $60 million. Uh, that was an interesting move for me, uh, especially in the fact they didn't pick up his fifth year option. It feels like they probably should have just done that. And uh, they'd have him at least for one more year on a cheaper deal. Cause I believe the deal is actually more of like, a, they can get out after two years uh, Harold Landry gets uh, his deal done, five years, eighty-seven point five million. Max Crosby gets a new deal, four years, ninety-five million. Sterling Shepard back on a one-year deal that is cap friendly. Jason Kelsey gets a new deal, fourteen million on one year. He's the highest-paid center. Giants are looking to pursue Mitch Trubisky to compare or to compete here with Daniel Jones. Matt, do you think that's a smart move for Mitch though? Like I feel like he's one of the guys and a guy who didn't really play much last year has really helped his stock in the fact that he's considered one of the best quarterbacks on the market.
3: Yes. But just one quick correction, Mike Williams, they did pick up his fifth year option. He played five years for the chargers. His rookie deal expired. Gotcha. Um, Good point. I was Thank thinking you. this, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, you know, that probably was dumb. Oh no, we're just, we can't do math. Math is tricky. Um, I, I would love to see Trubisky go somewhere where he gets a shot to start. So the only thing that gives me trepidation about the Giants is it seems like all offseason they've been making um, it known that they feel like they hosed Daniel Jones and this was going to be a real good year for Daniel Jones. But they haven't picked up his fifth-year option, which is an interesting statement. Trubisky, uh, Brian Dable is the coach there in for the Giants, he was the offensive coordinator in Buffalo where Trubisky was last year. So he would come in presumably knowing the system. Maybe for him, that's a sense of comfort. If he went there to kind of rehab and work with a coach, maybe he had a great experience there and he thinks this gives him the best shot to compete. I also don't know, you know, totally what the market is for Mitch Trubisky. It feels like opinions are mixed. I know even on here, a couple of us think that, you know, maybe it wasn't all him, but a lot of people were out on him as recently as a year ago. So maybe he thinks this is kind of the way to rehab himself back. in. it could be a, like a Ryan Tannehill going to Tennessee kind of situation.
2: I, if I'm Trubisky, I probably don't want to go to New York. As much as I might like Dayball, I don't want to go somewhere where they're pump, trying to pump up the current starter. Um, you know, to me, I, if I'm him, I'm going to, you know, look at Indianapolis. I'm going to look at, you uh, not Carolina, uh, Tampa, you know, I, I want to go, I'm going to take the, the path of least resistance. You know, I, ideally, I, I think Indianapolis and Tampa are the two best opportunities right now. They have the two best teams. So if I'm Mitch, I want to go to one of those. Yeah. New York. Yeah. They're talking about they're open to trading Saquon Barkley. Yeah. You, you know, they've, they're restructuring Sterling Shepard's deal so they can get his six games. You know, <laughs> Kenny Galladay. It's, you know, they're let, They're not re-signing to Evan Ingram. It looks like. So, uh, you know, it'll be somebody else there dropping passes at tight end. You know, I don't know. They they're New York's. You know, it's one of it's. It's a meme. Tell us you're going into a rebuild without telling us you're going into a rebuild. You know, Saquon Barkley is on the block.
3: Well, and I think I think a big part of New York's issue is that they, even though they don't have an incredible team, they don't have a, a lot of cap space. Yeah, they're still projected. It looks like they're projected to only have like about four or five million in cap space, even after reworking some of those deals. So that's kind of unfortunate.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the only upside Mitch has with going to New York is if Daniel Jones does falter and then they just decide to replace him with Mitch mid year. He's got Dayball who will back him, and I can't remember who the GM is now for the Giants, but he has that John. personal. So he he, but he has that personal connection with Dayball. So like maybe they believe more, like they're, he'll he'll be like, okay, we'll back Dayball and his guy Mitch Trubisky. Otherwise, I'm with you. Like we talked about on Monday, I think the Saints would be a good fit for him. Indy now with them moving on from Carson Wentz, like I'd, I'd much rather go somewhere. I think I have a better shot of starting if uh, if I am him. Um, while we don't know the exact details of the new contract, Aaron Rodgers is staying in Green Bay for at least four more years. It looks like, and Devontae Adams has been tagged. Um, I think that's just good news for all Packers fans. And if you have Rodgers and Adams in dynasty, I think you're. They'll figure out a way, I think, to keep those two together for the for the near future at least and, and continue to be Super Bowl contenders. So I think if you have Adams, you are now extremely excited. to no, know he's paired with Rogers moving forward. Uh, Tariq Cohen, Greg Zerline, and Blake Jarwin have all been released. Got two more things we're going to talk about before we get out of here, guys. Uh, Matt, you put on here, I did not even see this, so I'm very intrigued because I, I was shot down. Uh, in, in our our group chat, because I said I did not think that Tom Brady was over yet, and apparently Mike Florio somewhat agrees with that. He mm-hmm. said that he thinks Tom Brady will be traded to the 49ers and will start week one. What are your thoughts?
3: I mean, so part of me wonders if if Tom Brady said he wanted to play again, why why Tampa? Uh, he would have to get traded. And why would Tampa Bay be like, oh, we we built our team. We have been a contender. Sure, we're just going to ship you off so that we can have Kyle Trask. Or, you know, does he get traded for Jimmy G, which would be the oddest trade in the history of time? The other thing that immediately jumps out to me is if this happens, holy hell, did they waste their time going for Trey Lance? Because they – mortgaged three years of their future when if you're just going to ride with Jimmy G and then I'm not saying Tom Brady's not the greatest quarterback of all time because he is and that and that's great for them but you mortgaged first round picks that you could have used to build the rest of the team up for I mean it's it's a thousand times worse than the Jordan Love situation which is something that we mock Green Bay for endlessly um, so it would it, it's it's very weird I know that's going to then it makes you wonder what are they doing with Trey Lance? Because he would not be an ideal backup for Tom Brady. They, their playing styles are not, um, I would not guess, to be very similar.
2: I don't know. Brady broke 100 yards rushing for his career last season, I think. first his career. <laughs> I, I think it's, you know, it, you never say never. But – and may, the allure for Brady, I'm sure, is well. It's you know my home area team. I grew up watching Montana. But at 45 years old, on a team that has some, it's it's not like everybody's saying that San Fran is a quarterback away. They've got some holes to fill. Uh, if, if Brady wanted to play, I think he's he. I if I'm Brady and I want to play another year, I stay in Tampa. Because they've got a better team in Tampa, in my opinion. Um, but I don't know, man. You know, it, it makes for a good offseason talking point, I guess. If it happens, will I be surprised? Not surprised. I'll be disappointed.
3: Let me ask you this. What if they traded Trey Lance for Tom Brady?
1: I don't – so I don't think Lance is going anywhere. Like, what are we – if Bra- – I'm going to equate this to LeBron James. Like we've seen LeBron James has talked about for years, right? Like he's going to stick around long enough because he wants to play at least one season with his son, Bronny. And it's not going to matter where Bronny goes. He'll sign like a veteran's minimum contract to go play there. I think what Dennis said is probably what, what draws Tom Brady to do that. It's like, he's always wanted to be in San Francisco. Like, you can't put a price on something like that, especially a guy like that who has everything this, whether he goes to San Francisco and wins another Super Bowl, right? Like it doesn't change his legacy. He's going to go down as the greatest quarterback of all time. So if this is something that he really wants to do, like all the rumors are that him and Bruce Arians were not getting along toward the end of this last year. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe he just doesn't want to be, cause he's never really fully come out and said like, I'm not coming back. Right? Like he's kind of, said it there's been the off season or the the adam Schefter and all them broke it but i don't know tom brady's ever said like i'm officially retiring filed his papers i mean he had
3: that like nine page instagram post about it
1: yeah but he had he like even when they asked him was it i don't it was not pat mcafee he does a show on sirius xm right i think when they um, asked yeah. him about it the week after that happened he didn't say i'm retired he said well you never say never or something like that so like he kind of backed back backed off of it I think if he were to go to San Francisco, it's likely again for like a year, maybe two. And at that point, I feel like, as weird as going to say, Trey Lance becomes like what Aaron Rodgers was. Except, like, Brett Favre wasn't, Brett Favre was already there. Like, they just hold on to him for another year to let him learn under Brady, and then he takes over. Like, I don't think they're going to trade Trey Lance. I mean... You said it'd be the weird thing to see him trade that for Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, I thought the Patriots were going to do that, like, years ago. When, when, we first, when we first talked, it was like, oh, wouldn't it be crazy a couple years ago before he we went to Tampa Bay? I was like, wouldn't it be crazy Bill loves Jimmy G if they just sent Tom Brady to San Francisco? So I, um, I'd um i love to see it just because I think it makes for a fun, interesting storyline. I don't think that the – like, I agree with Dennis. They're not just a quarterback away. But they're close. They're close to being a very good playoff team and Super Bowl contender. They I were in Brady the NFC races.
3: Championship game. Yeah,
1: like I, I think Brady raises that level a little bit. So, and and he may bring you know, I he's got Ayuk, Debo, Kittle, like oh, George Kittle, like Matt. We might actually be able to like realize our dreams of George Kittle being a number one tight end again with Tom Brady. So. I know. So like if it happens, I'd be I'd be thrilled for it. I, am I betting on it? No. Like if you asked me to go put like my mortgage payment or like my house payment down on that, I probably wouldn't do it because I'm gonna lose that money. But I it would be a fun thing, I think, to see for him to go to San Francisco. Uh the major franchise tags here Devontae Adams, uh, Chris Godwin, Dalton Schultz, David Njoku, Mike Gesicki, Cam Robinson, Orlando Pace, and Jesse Bates, Dennis. Orlando Brown. Oh, said Orlando Pace. Well,
3: did. I Orlando think. Pace, I think, is in the Hall of Fame if they franchise He is.
1: Him, it would have been a good move. move great move back in nineteen seventy-eight or eighty or whatever it was. Anyways, I mean, it wasn't Orlando that long Brown. ago? Uh, <laughs> you I played with know. Warner. Anyways, okay. So, it was that nineteen nineties? Back in the nineteen nineties, um, Dennis, what? If, pick one franchise tag that you were either excited about or made no sense. Uh, just give give us one that you want to talk about real quick.
2: Um. um I, I think the Gesicki one makes a ton of sense. Obviously, Adams makes sense. Njoku was surprising just because I was, I'm not sure I would spend that much money on him. But I get the concept of uh, I, I'm a team that runs a lot of two tight end sets, and if one gets injured – you want to have three quality tight ends and with Bryant Hooper and Njoku, they do. I think Njoku is probably the guy to have for fantasy. Um, I, I saw somewhere somebody said, Oh, well, Injoku's a better blocker than Hooper. I don't think Njoku is a better blocker than Hooper and Njoku suffers from concentration drops sometimes, but he's a physical freak and athletic freak um, and, and can definitely do some damage. So on a team that uses a lot of two tight ends, yeah, you need to have three tight ends. And if you've got the cap space, maybe it's a luxury for a lot of teams. I didn't hate it.
3: You know, I think uh the Njoku tag proves just two things. One, that the Austin Hooper contract signing gets curiouser and worser every day. And two, that the Browns plan to bring back the wishbone in this area, in this era of forward thinking, they're like, fuck it, we don't need wide receivers. Jarvis. I'm glad you were here, Odo. You're gone. We're gonna roll three tight ends and two backs, and everybody else can suck it. Which is um, three backs. Look, you know what? Dropping Joku in the backfield, then he's such a good blocker. Uh the one that I think caught me off guard, it not that it doesn't make sense, as Dennis says, is Mike Gasicki because it seemed like the Dolphins didn't care about him and weren't that interested. They were like little very little rumblings. So I was kind of surprised that they like him enough that they franchise tagged him. But I think that's a good news. Makes me feel better about his value because I think he fit really well with Tua in that offense.
2: I mean, and don't forget, teams can change their mind if you haven't signed the tag. We saw Carolina do it with Josh Norman. They were like, all right, you want to be a jerk in long-term negotiations? Screw you. Now you're a free agent. So you know, some of these guys, if they dilly-dally around, they may find the team decides they've got some better options.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Godwin one made sense, but it disappointed me a little bit. I was really hoping he'd get a chance to kind of hit free agency and, uh, and possibly go somewhere to be the one. Um, you know, I think he's definitely gotten to a point where he's better than Mike Evans, but I don't know that he'll be like the... Solid one, Mike Evans the two. I feel like they're going to be one A one B again this year. So I, I wish he could have gone somewhere to kind of prove himself. Uh, and then the Ajoku one for me as well, um, more just because of what it does for Cleveland. In, in all honesty, as much as I love Kevin Stefanski coming over to Cleveland, I'm now starting to worry a little bit about that. He uh, doesn't seem like he's willing to change his offensive scheme at all he he loves running those 2 and 3 tight end sets and we've seen that that's just not what succeeds in the NFL and maybe that was because of Baker being injured last year but you've got to have some receivers it cannot just all be a tight end game um, they have said that that you know they came out and said that the reason they did it was because Njoku's gotten better as a blocker every single year and that we know that they want to rely on Nick Chubb but now they also tender DeAndre Johnson and all the rumors are they're going to trade Kareem Hunt. So I I don't know what's going on in Cleveland. I'm starting to get worried that we, it's just like what we saw back. And I think it was 2009 with Derek Anderson and Josh Gordon. We got our one great year of success. uh, uh, Two seasons ago with Baker Mayfield, this offense is going to go back to another decade of dismay and and despair. So
3: we all saw Baker throw the ball. Kevin Stefanski is just reacting accordingly.
1: Uh, You know, I don't know, but, That'll do it for us today. We'll be back on Monday to kind of talk a little bit more about free agency and if any other crazy trades or anything goes down over the weekend. Everybody, be safe. Have a great weekend. We will talk to you guys again on Monday.